everyone. This is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I always say, we've got a great show for you. We've got Brandon Lay coming on. He's doing some great things in the music world. We love his songs. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about his story and a little bit about music. So, Brandon, are you here? I am here. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. And yourself? I'm doing good. Just... uh Trying to adapt to new new style of life during this COVID, like everybody else is, but I have no complaints. That is really awesome. I, you know, as we get started here, I always like to start out since you talked about the COVID. That's kind of where I always go with the very first thing with the big elephant in the room, as you know. What? So, how are you getting through this time period right now? Well, my wife and I are actually building a house right now, so it's. It's um, I've been staying very busy um, doing that. We're living with my in-laws while we're building the house, so and, and we just had a mm-hmm. brand new baby, so we've got a oh, twenty-month-old wow. boy and an eight-week-old girl, and so I oh, mean, wow. life. It, it, it's a good thing it slowed down because it feels like it's in fast forward. So I don't know what I would have done if uh, if I would have still been on the road right now. So it's kind of in a lot of ways been a blessing, but um, the house is coming along and. You know, there's always something to be done. We bought um, some land with it, so we built on the mm-hmm. land. So just with, with the 50 acres and upkeep, it's um, there's never a dull moment. Yeah, we definitely know what you're saying about, you know. It's funny, though, we're kind of the opposite where because of the show we do, it's kind of catapulted us a little bit because, you know, when we first launched January 3rd, our original plan was 80 to 100 interviews first year. And um, wow. when all this virus happened, I told Sandy, you know what? This is our time to shine because artists like you is going to need a place to talk. That's right. And we're going to give we're going to give that platform. And the and the crazy thing is, we you are now our 180th interview, which has been really cool, and on our way to 300 this oh, wow. year instead of only 80. <laughs> that that is awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, that's I'm honored, man. It's good good to be here talking about some country music. <laughs> definitely, I definitely know that. So, as we get started here, um, tell everybody a little bit of where you're from and kind of a backstory of you, a brief overview. Um, well, I'm from Jackson, Tennessee, and moved to Nashville 11 years ago to chase this crazy oh, wow. dream right after I graduated <laughs> college. And um, just I played a million honky tonks and frat houses along the way and tried to write. <laughs> a thousand songs and just try to get better every day and try to learn, learn something from uh, somebody every day. And it's such a collaborative town that um, I've I've been able to do that. I feel like, so it's been a crazy, crazy ride, but I wouldn't change any of it for the world. And I'm married and have two kids. And um, when I'm not doing music, I like working on trucks and tractors and fast cars and riding my Harley. So that's, uh, that's pretty much sums me up. And, you know, one of the questions I usually start with, too, is about hobbies, so I think you just covered that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can go in depth, but, yeah, I, I, um, I'm I working on an old backhoe now because I've, I've got uh-huh. several needs for it around the, around the land, including um, digging some water lines and whatnot. So it's uh, I think I work more on it than I do with it, and that's kind of been a problem. I definitely understand you know that. that. Oh, definitely. And you know, we, you know, we're a husband and wife 
co-team here um, for the show. And we also and have I'm an here eight, now. Eight, yep. And, and, and we, we also have an eight-year-old. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have an eight-year-old little boy, which you'll hear from him later because we always bring we him to ask one question, and yeah. a 17-month-old little daughter. And when our daughter wow. gets old enough, we'll be plugging her in too. Yeah, there you go. That's amazing. And we ain't got made that next year move yet. Yeah, um, we ain't made. We're next year. We're like, you know what? The show is growing. Our brand is growing. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, next year is the year that we're moving to Nashville. Yep, time to make that move then. That's exciting. That's exciting stuff. I mean, yeah, but y'all are picking up momentum, and and now you're going to be, I guess, picking up your roots and coming. Where where are you now? We're based out of Savannah, Georgia. Oh wow, I love Savannah. So we're still south. <laughs> yeah, yeah, still southern. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's exciting. That's exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's, that's some uh, the, the world getting crazier by the day. So, I mean, it, it is. It's a uh, it's a good place to live. I know Savannah is too, but Nashville is a good place for for your kiddos. So speaking of Nashville, since we're on the subject, how you know you said you've been there for eleven years, how has Nashville treated you since you've been there? It's um, it took it's taken me a while to do things, um, mm-hmm. but I think in a natural progression, you know, I I um, I moved, you know, I had a band back home and I was still playing on the weekends and stuff. But when I moved here, I pretty much jumped in the songwriting world and tried to just meet other songwriters. And it took me about three years to get a publishing deal. Then it took me another three to get a record deal. And then it's taken me six or almost, I've been over at Universal for for a hot minute now. So everything's kind of been a slow progression, to be honest. And when I first moved to town, they said it was a 10 year town and I did not think there was any way I'd I'd be 10 years but it's uh, I found out that that, that, uh, they're right range pretty true yeah they were right (laughs) and and I think that and the good thing is you still stay chasing it because I think that's where a lot of artists go wrong is they oh there's no you know I'm you know because I've heard I've seen it because we've been around the music industry for a while I'm different it won't be 10 years for me and and yeah, you know yeah. and like they say every overnight success is ten years in the waiting. It's almost always yeah. the, the case. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think I think it gives you. Uh, I mean, obviously makes you a little more well-rounded because I've I played so many different kind of venues and situations and different size rooms uh-huh. and it's it just you know it's it's you know pay, paying your dues and um, you know I don't know I think it's. Hopefully, it makes it when you do get a break, you'll kind of know what to do with it more um, than yeah. if it were just to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm, th- it, I'm thankful for that. And it takes a it takes a village. You know, it takes a lot of support from, you know, family <laughs> oh, and definitely. friends, fans back home, and, and now my wife and, and her parents and everybody, you know. It, <laughs> you can, like, just do as a nine-to-five or, you know, it's a lifestyle for sure. And, and, you know, I love where you're going with this because it's perfect lead-in to my little next part that I always go to. <clears throat> you know, a lot of people outside the industry, they see the glory and the glory of a Carrie Underwood, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifices, the struggles that it takes to get yeah. there or even or even get to the smaller levels. It doesn't matter what level. 
there's that grind yeah. that people don't see. And I want to talk about that a little bit because because nobody wants to talk about it. We talk about it on that yeah. show because well, we I, want your truth man. to come I out. I could write a book. I could write a book on hard times. <laughs> well, here's, here's where I want this to go. I've got a story that will lead us into this, and then we'll talk about the struggles you've went through. Uh, but back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that time they were full-time with music. I asked Allison what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She said, because the day you want it to be a career, <laughs> everything has to change. Your life has to change. You, you no longer really own your life. Um, you know, your friends and relatives will never understand because they invite you to weddings, they invite you to weekends, they invite you to holidays, but you're gigging. You, you know, you're in the hunt, yeah. especially at the beginning. You know, I mean, when you're bigger, it's a little different, but at the very beginning, you're in that hunt. You've got to be all in. You're, you know, there's, there's right. going to be days that you're miserable, but you've got to get on that stage at night and smile like you had the best day ever. She, she said, your family has to sacrifice. The sacrifice is not just the artist, but everybody around them. Then she, then she added, but if your heart will n not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because that's the only way those kind of sacrifices would ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said, yeah. and let's go about that side of it. Spot on there. You know, if you, if you kind of think it would be cool to uh, – because you do see the glory of a Blake Shelton or whatnot, or you think, it, you know, it would just be something cool to do, it, it, it'll never work. It it'll eventually take everything you got. So, you know, as far as like the, the struggles, mm -hmm. it, you know, not, not too high, not too low. Um, mm -hmm. It's uh, but you do have to celebrate the, the small, the small victories because they're few and far between. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I, I would agree with, with that. But if you've got, you know, if you, if you're only one foot in, it, it won't ever work. But, um, you know, as long as yeah. you're doing something, as long as you're all mm -hmm. in and it, and it truly is what you love, I mean, there's, um, I mean, you're, at the, the end of the day, of you're love. doing music for, yeah, you're doing music for a living and it's a labor of love. And gosh, I, if you would have told me when I was 17, I'd be getting to do country music for a living. I mean, I mean, what's there to complain <laughs> about? So, yeah, it's, um, it, it's so a lot like about a other businesses in a lot of ways and it's not. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the sacrifices you've had to make over the years, and then after that, we'll talk about the highs because, of course, you got to talk about both sides. Um, but we'll yeah, talk about I the apologize, sacrifices Chris, first. I, I think I got the feds yeah. flying over me. They're trying. They're looking for me in a helicopter. So, um, okay, sorry about that. <laughs> so, so, um, so let's talk about the, the sacrifices first, and then we'll go to the other side of it after that. Sure. Well, you so what are some of the sacrifices? The yeah, um, definitely, definitely social life. Um, I'll tell you one thing I didn't think about um, right away was um, how much I loved going to uh, concerts and the mystery and the magic of it all. And, you know, definitely, uh -huh. if, if you're in it, you're obviously going to be on the other side of that. So you're going to, it's going to take a little bit of that away. And you're going to hear songs a little different and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it'll, it'll, your taste buds will change as, as far as that goes. But, um, you know, you sacrifice that, but the love is still there. It just looks a little different. Um, but <laughs> time and money, I mean, the, the time and money is what, is what you, uh, is what you're going to have to sacrifice because there's a million better ways to make money than, than trying to do music, I think, you know, so it's, 
it's good it's good when it works but you know obviously when you're in the hunt for it it you know so there's that aspect of it and and like you said the time um you know mm-hmm. the um the, the timing of it can be can conflict with a lot of other life events and it takes special people I mean, if i hadn't lucked mm-hmm. out and, and met nicole who who is an extremely competent person uh, it, it would have been hard, you know, and I just think that God yeah. made her for me for that reason mm-hmm. because it it, it takes a, a competent counterpart to um, to put up with somebody as crazy as an artist because <laughs> we're usually really high or really low, you know. That there's um, uh-huh. yeah. I think being creative, uh, it it make it'll make you. Um, I don't know. It, it it slowly but surely you'll you'll turn a little more little different than your friends or different than your old self and i think that's a yeah. good, that's a good place if you're truly a, a creative you want to live in the creative world and if you can find a way to make a living where you can kind of keep your brain in that mode i think that's where the magic's at i, I, I love that you're talking about your wife and all that i feel the same way about it's funny we've you know <clears throat> october will be 18 years married and i remember when we first married I was one of the people that wanted to be this motivational speaker. She wanted to be in music some way. And we always we always wanted to believe in becoming one. And we've been a 24-7 couple since the day we married, basically. And so we've always mm-hmm. just done things together. And little did we know, almost 18 years later, that God would help us develop into a, a position where I get to speak, and she gets to be in music all under the umbrella of the Chris and Sandy show. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, he would have even forecasted the the platform that would be as popular as it is. You know, that, that yeah. really is amazing. <laughs> yeah, because because again, I wanted to move people, doing it in a different way, and and that was one thing I had to accept. You know, when when we first started the show and it started taking off a little bit, and I'm like, hmm, maybe this is God's plan all along. I just didn't know it. I tried to fight it and go the other way, because because again, there's sac- when it comes to God's plan, there's sacrifice involved. And I'm like, well, maybe I have to sacrifice me being on that stage so that I can still talk and so that Sandy can be included. That's a really, that's a really good point because I've, you know, I've struggled with that myself, um, you know, thinking I know what this country music career should hold for me. And then, you know, if God, God's opening doors, but it might look a little, it might look different than than what I think. And so I've kind of had to, just get give it all up to him and and cry on mm-hmm. and say, Lord, I can bang my head against the wall and I mean and try to make it happen my way and try to be just you know the next Kenny Chesney, but that's that's not what he has in 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 store for me. Or maybe this the way yeah, this he story wants you goes, to be Brandon Lee. Yeah, he's trying to write it. So you know, it's um I, that's a that's a parallel I drew from from that for sure because um you know I, I think there are have been a lot of doors and opportunities open for me that I'm not the best singer or guitar player, but, uh, for whatever reason, I've, I've gotten opportunities, you know? And so I think that, that to, to your point, I, I think sometimes it's out yeah. of our hands completely. Exactly. I love that. Now that we talked about the sacrifice side a little bit, and I think people got the point, because again, the, the goal of the show is, is to show both sides. I think there's a lot of podcasts out there that they talk about the highs of the artists. I like to go to, I always like to bring up that side so people can say, hey, you're human just like everybody else. So now, with all those sacrifices, let's talk about the other side, what, what, what those sacrifices lead to. So when you look back on your career at this point, 
what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Well, let's see. I mean, the first one and the biggest one for my career so far was being able to tour with, with Kenny Chesney and do play oh, well. stadiums. That, that's two things that I always wanted to do. And, you so know, see, Kenny you was said a hero you wanted to be Kenny. God let you be with him. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. yeah it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was pretty. That was pretty surreal. Getting to play the Grand Ole Opry was was surreal. Um, and, and signing oh, wow. that record deal. I mean, those three things are the, mm-hmm. have been the highlights for sure. So, what was it like doing the Opry? What was that moment? Um, it was. It was. It reminded me of playing. Um, I played at my sister's <laughs> wedding in a church and. It, mm-hmm. it, it, I kind of had that church vibe, like it, you know, because I have a lot of reverence for the genre of country music and the history of it. So, yeah. to step on the stage, um, you know, it's kind of a, a full circle moment. No pun intended, but it, it to stand in the circle <laughs> is, is, um, you know, it's just, it's just an honor. Plus, it sounds great in there, and <laughs> you have people there that are there, quiet and listening, and. Mm-hmm. It is a. It is just a. You know, it's it's. There's there's very few moments where I feel like all of these, you know, the struggles were validated, or like maybe I'm not mm-hmm. uh, just being crazy. So that was definitely one <laughs> of them. I said, hey, you know what? This is this is pretty cool. This is I must be doing something right if if I got to do this and, um, you know, just tried to. So many people had great advice, which was just try to enjoy it, and I I really truly did. So, um, you know that. Being a big country fan, that that was uh, that was pretty cool. Wow, and, and you know that's what it's all about. Is you know it's it's one thing to drive through this life and try to achieve this and that and this, but if you're not enjoying the process, then you're you're gonna hate the destination when you get there. Hmm, that's that's very motivational right there, Chris. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that that I heard I heard some of the motivational speaker come out. But that's that's, uh, that's true. Yeah, I mean it. I I I will I I will say having kids, it's still weird that mm-hmm. I, that I say I'm a dad because I was married to Nicole like six years before I quit calling her my girlfriend. I just thought it sounded too grown up to say my wife, but that's another story. But you know it it does make me stop and enjoy things more uh, these last mm-hmm. two years. I really have. Um, and just kind of try to take it for what what it is. And um, there were times when I just tried to win every moment and and win every uh-huh. every every single moment I was in, where it was just exhausting and having to you know be on and on. And you know now it's it's kind of just um, taking it as it comes. I mean, still grinding, but mm-hmm. but just not yeah. putting so much unnecessary pressure. I think. I think, like you said, you sign your life away. Well, in a lot of ways, that is that is true. There's so many, there's so many decisions I can't make. Believe me, if I could, I would have a lot more songs out. But that, that's a classic <laughs> struggle between a label and a mm-hmm. and an artist. But um, you know, yeah. just yeah. accepting what you can't control, I think, is was my biggest dose of chill pill. So you know, every artist has those moments, whether it's one big moment or a bunch of little ones, where they're sitting there and the struggle is real. And they they look in the mirror basically, and they're asking themselves, "What am I doing? Is this even working? Is this even worth it?" And they have a fork in the road. Tell us a moment where you were probably in that, 
moment to where you could have went either way. And and what and how did you drive through that moment? How, how did you get? Because I, I want other artists who are listening to get this part because because it's not it's a not an easy business. You have to find a way to drive through those moments to where you feel like is it even enough? Are you doing enough? When you get there yeah. at your bottom, and you feel like okay, is this ever going to work? How do you get through those moments? Oh. <laughs> You know, I, I that is a that is a great question. Um, I can remember a moment, and it sounds kind of silly, but so I had this jacket that my mother-in-law had given me. And she wasn't my mother-in-law yet, but this was, gosh, years yeah. ago. And I was I was mm-hmm. playing it down in Ole Miss and in Oxford, Mississippi, and it was a frat party. And I had this jacket on my, I, and when I went up to play, I set it on the uh, sound console because I ran our own sound and we had our own production yada yada and um it was a redneck hillbilly party so there was uh these straw bales everywhere and the party by the time it was over it just got so out of hand it it felt just chaotic and i got off the stage we played our four hours or whatever and i was you know i was kind of over it to be honest with you by the time the show was over and i go over there look for my jacket and it's gone and then somebody spills a beer on the soundboard and my trailer is, you know, I've got to walk through the crowd to load up all this equipment. And when I saw that my jacket was stolen and my soundboard just got soaked with beer, it was that was definitely a what what am I what am I even doing right now uh, kind of moment just mm-hmm. because it oh, wow. you know it can be kind of defeating because we're you know we're playing you know obviously a ton of covers nobody at the time I hadn't released my little record and no, nobody had heard anything I'd written. And I don't know why that mm-hmm. – it doesn't seem like a big deal looking back, but it was just such a, a, a kick when I was down that I was just like, you know, what am I even doing? Meanwhile, there's just, you know, straw hay being thrown around, and everybody's really drunk off their tail, and I've got to load my, my trailer walking through this chaos. And, you know, it's moments like that I look back and I'm thankful because um, it makes me appreciate when we get to ride on a bus and when – when I meet these guys that set up our state, uh-huh. our stages and stuff like that, it's it means a lot because I've had to roll those yeah. those those mm-hmm. whiskey coated cables and put my board up and you know it, you know you've heard the hard things from everybody but that that's the stuff that makes yeah. me glad I stuck with it but it was definitely a moment where it felt like I, the music was really the furthest thing that that mattered in the room and that kind of mm-hmm. can hurt when you're the one playing the music. <laughs> I definitely understand that. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I can relate. You know, what we're, we're doing with the show is almost what you're doing as an artist because, you know, we want to be the Bobby Bones out there, but as a married yeah. couple, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We want to be the show that everybody listens to. So we're like driving forward here and hoping that it grows. And I, I can remember my moment like that, what you're talking about, to where it's about two months in two or three months into the show. And again, we're like any, you know, we, we want all artists. We don't want just the small ones. We don't, you know, and we want bigger ones too. So we want to grow and we're trying to get bigger ones. And the, the ultimate goal of the show is to have the interview four to six rising artists a week and one to two really big artists a week. That way we have a balance there so that the bigger artists kind of help our smaller artists out that we bring on. So it's a balance right. there. And I, I remember frustrated, like, is this ever going to grow? Are we ever going to make this thing work? 
Because even though it was two month, two three months old, the show we've been around the music industry for like seven years. So it's not like this was a mm-hmm. we we just stepped in this. So it was like yeah. it's never going to work and all that. And I remember an email I got from a person, a PR company, and I really thought I could get this person on the show because I knew I knew her family. But you know, as you know, once you're signed by a label, family doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got turned down and I was frustrated. I was asking, what am I going to do? You know, is this even worth it? And I remember an hour later, I got an email from a company, PR company, who, who said, um, we, um, we would love to get six of our artists on your show. And I'm scrolling through the artists. And one of those artists was Anna Christina Cash, who's married to wow. John Carter Cash. Um, wow. And I, I was like, oh, yeah, we want them all. We'll, we'll, we'll take them all. And we got Anna on. And she was kind of the game changer for our show because, because of her, she brought on Carlene Carter, which brought on Jenny Gill, which brought on Taylor Lynn, which brought on Georgette Jones. And I went through – all of a sudden, we went through a lot of the legacy kids, you know, and we're yeah. sitting there, and that was a game changer. So I was at that moment like you, so I get that, you know, and – and I think that sometimes when you're in those moments, God just brings something there to say, look, it's worth it. Yeah. Commercial break, and then we're going to come back and play your song, Crazy Like You. And I love this. I'm not going to give it away so in case people ain't going to be hearing it for the first time. But the twist in it, I was like, oh, my oh, yeah. God. You know? Because we were like, oh, wow, as we were listening to it. And yeah. then when it got to the twist, I was like, Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about the twist after we um, play it. But uh, but hang yeah. on the line, and we're gonna take a quick commercial break. Sounds good. Hey everyone, we have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. She ain't crazy like you Hate my friends like you She don't ruin a Friday night over nothing like you She don't steal my jacket Put down my job Change the radio just to piss me off When she said she's gonna show up at 7 She don't show up at 11 after when I ask her who's calling in the middle of the night, she don't say no one. She don't just say I love you when I do. 
just wish that she could drive me crazy like you She don't try to be cool She never flirt in front of me at a bar like you And when I see an old friend She don't even ask She ain't so insecure she gotta bring up the past No When she says she's gonna show up at seven She don't show up at eleven half drunk When I ask her who's calling in the middle of the night, she don't say no one. She don't just say I love you when I do. I just wish that she could drive me crazy like you. She don't show up at 11 half drunk And when I ask her who's calling in the middle of the night She don't say no one She never treat my heart like a souvenir She heard I was happy She never show up here At 3 a.m. Thinking it's a given that she's getting back in I love that song. Oh, yes. It's a great song. Thank you. I I remember as we were listening to the song, Mm -hmm. we're going through it, and I'm like, okay, this is different. This is, you know, calling the girl out. And then you got to the part, (laughs) but I just wish she drove me crazy like you. And I'm sitting there like, oh, my because again, that's one of the that's one of the problems with relationships is is you you go the safe route or the passion mm-hmm. route. What do you do? Yeah, yeah. Age old question. <laughs> 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 so how about you better go with come safe about? <laughs> you better go with well, safe. I got, I got safe and passion both combined, but not crazy. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So tell us the story behind that song. Oh, that, you know, that little turn on words, play on words, it just kind of came up, up with one night digging for stuff. I'd listen to, been listening to some Bonnie Raitt and some John Prime and uh-huh. Jackson Brown. I've been in that world. And so I was just yeah. kind of strumming out something in in the the key of g which seems to be like jackson brown's favorite so that that just kind of kind of came around and i took that idea to some co-writers and we <laughs> we wrote it oh wow i love that you know one of the things i like to do because as you know to for a musician it, it it takes a team you can't do this it's, it's not a lone ranger business even though some people try to make it that way and i think that yeah. when it comes to like you know Fans see the artists, but they don't see the PR people. They don't see the production people. They don't see producers, uh, managers, any of that. And I don't think they yeah. get enough love, to be honest with you. 
So I always like the artists to take a couple minutes to kind of talk about the team. So tell us a little bit about the team that helps you be who you are. Absolutely. Um, I'm, my managers are um, I'm managed by Morris Hyam, and it's, they're a company out of Nashville. And um, Dale Morris started originally with Alabama, and they had Kenny Chesney, oh, wow. and they got Old Dominion now, and uh, a bunch of others. And Clint Hyam is my manager, and a guy named Cal Quigley is my day-to-day manager, who is like family at this point. Um, so Cal has been really close, and um, over at the label, the head of A and R for mm-hmm. um, for for me is Stephanie Wright and her husband Brian Wright. They're the ones who signed me at Universal, and um, I mean there's there's a lot more. Nate Riches is my booking agent, and he's he's a a, a valuable one for sure because I mean obviously he's the one yeah. who keeps us keeps us on the road <laughs> and rolling. Keeps so. the money coming in, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I call him Nate. Nate make me riches. So um, that's his last name. But he uh, he does a wonderful job, and my producer is Mikey Reeves on these songs that that we on the song we just heard. And my wife is probably mm-hmm. my biggest A and R person. Really, she's she's who I bounce off all all my ideas and songs I write every day. And uh-huh. uh, she she's honest, and that's why I I trust her opinion. And it. Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't want to hear that after you spend eight hours working on one and you're excited about it and she doesn't <laughs> like it and you don't understand why. And then the next day you're like, yeah, that was pretty stupid. So she, she's always right. <laughs> she usually can call songs way before anybody else. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, and my, then my band. What do you think I've of got, this one? Yeah. Oh, with this one? You know, she didn't say too much yeah, about she... this one. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what she thinks about this one. <laughs> you know, it might have set her up not looking right, but I'm, I get to make up stuff for a living, so that's what I do. So, um, and then my band, my tour manager on the road is Daniel Eubanks, and he's he's a hometown boy, been with me a while. And Josh Weaver's on drums, Nick Smuddy's on guitar, Jason Harris is on guitar, and David Carnes is on bass. And um, we have a just a ton of fun when we're out on the road. Everybody's everybody's uh, in it in it for the love of the music and. Um, you know, we, we, we really do love playing mm-hmm. together. So it, I've, I've had probably a hundred different band variations, you know, on the way through, on the way up. And, um, I remember my first band I thought was going to be my only band ever. And, um, oh, wow. I remember my mom said, she's like, you'll probably have 60 other guys play with you before it's all said and done. And <laughs> I've probably played with over a hundred now. And it, it is oh, nice wow. to get in a, in a rhythm with, with, uh, the same group of guys, but. You know, when yeah. you're at where you're at in my career, where I'm at, it the schedule is especially now with COVID. Obviously, calendars and schedules are out the window. But there's usually, you know, some some months have been touring hard and then off. And so I've kind of that's been part of the reason why I've it just now got the same guys with me all the time. It's just because we're just now to the the point where we can tour healthily and and keep keep everybody mm-hmm. fat and happy. So. Um, you know, but it, it's just a blessing. I mean, I thank God every day I get to do music for a living. It, there's some amazing people that I get to work around, and it takes it takes a lot of effort. It really does take a village. It it can be frustrating how much of a committee it can be sometimes, but but you know you can't get anything done without them. So it's um, yeah. So you, know, you got to be the leader um, of all all of it, though. Most definitely. So tell us a parent. You know, I see the. I'm, I was trying to figure out which route to go because. 
Sometimes I go the parent route. Sometimes I go the spouse route. And I'm just, so I'll let you decide. I'll ask the question, and then you can decide whether you want to go the parent route or the spouse route. So, you know, so tell us a story where, where whether it was your spouse or your parents, where they above and beyond and they did something that you, and you thought, wow, they get this is my passion. I'll say, I'll say my parents because um, they pretty much everybody from Jackson, Tennessee, like my my friends and family. The the big concert mm-hmm. we did was um, in Bush Stadium, and it's it's funny because my dad's a, a big Cardinal fan, and he didn't know much about <laughs> Kenny Chesney or country music. But uh-huh. when I told him I was playing Bush Stadium, he was hey, that's all right. So he went to that <laughs> one. But um, I, I I'm going to throw a curveball at you and say. Um, as much as they've done for me, spouse and parents, my older sister Shelby was teaching kindergarten in Murfreesboro, uh-huh. which is just a little south in Nashville. And she had a couch, and I lived on that couch for two years while I was getting oh, my wow. feet wet. And so <clears throat> she, she's the one who really was trampoline that kind of let me get into the business before I could even, you know, get making money. And I owe her a lot for that. So, you know, it's supposed to be about oh, six wow. weeks, and you know how that, that turns into two years real quick. And, uh, definitely couldn't have done without Shelby. I love that. And again, when I ask that question, it's really about just family in general, what they would above yeah. and beyond on some issue. Because you know, I don't want our show to just be a music show. I want our show to be in depth, up close, and personal with each of the artists. And I can tell that you're definitely a family affair, and that's how we feel with our show. We're a family affair, and because yeah. of that, we allow our eight-year-old to co-host with us. And that's one question. Yeah. So we're going to bring him on real quick. Sandy's going to get him on real quick so that he can ask his question that he has to every artist. You know, <clears throat> we are a family affair. And, you know, when Caitlin gets four or five or however old she is when, when she can have a conversation, she will be plugged into the show too. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <clears throat> All right. Here's Christopher with his question. Hi, Brenda. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Yeah. Yep. I would definitely say a good steak is my favorite food. Mm. That sounds good, uh, especially right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what's yours, Lucas? Pizza. Pizza. My man, I like pizza too. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, he nice to meet you, Christopher. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he could eat pizza for all day long. If if we would let him do that, he would. Oh yeah, he would. He <laughs> loves pizza that much. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I guess you don't have. You know, that's pretty affordable for his birthday party, right? It yeah, is <laughs> absolutely. Yep, pizza and cake. <laughs> so, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? I'd write. I like to write with Johnny Cash if it was dead or alive, and I know that's a pretty, pretty. Um, that would be awesome. Sequential answer, but def- it would definitely be Cash because I would like to write a song with him about about a relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. and the pitfalls that come with being in the entertainment business. Um, I yeah, he would know. He would know, oh, yeah. and I would like I would like to write a song about that with him and how how good God's grace is, even though, you know, 
and how much people are people no matter where where they're from or what they what they sound yeah. like. Yeah, I like jo- you know, I've been intrigued with Johnny and June's marriages we get, as we're growing more into this industry and we learn more about the different bit artists and all that. And I love the, you know, cuz that would be my choice if I had to write with anybody be him because because I went through 19 years of addictions until God healed me 12, over 12 years ago. But the first five years of our marriage, Sandy went through hell because of those addictions. But she never, she never put me down, never nagged me, never. She loved them. And I've always, and people always say she allowed me to walk over her. And I have to explain, no, she allowed me to experience God's pure love through her. Big difference. Yeah. And because of wow, that, we are powerful. here. And, and and I think that that's the kind of relationship that Johnny and June had so it intrigues me because i'm like they are what we you know and they somehow pulled pulled it through for many years and i love that yeah that's wow uh, that's i didn't know that Chris. that's very powerful <clears throat> so um staying on the whole songwriting idea is and there's probably thousands that you could choose but just kind of choose one that kind of pops in your head if is there a song out there that you've heard on the radio, whether it's on the radio, whether it's from a friend, doesn't matter, but you've heard, and you're like, wow, I wish I wrote that. Hmm. <laughs> this is yeah, on the lighter side, but running out of moonlight. I know Ashley Gorley wrote oh, it yeah. uh, with some other people, <laughs> but Randy Hauser had a hit a few summers back, and that song feels uh-huh. so good on the boat, and my in-laws live down in Fort <laughs> for a while and we would go down and visit mm. and their backyard was the canal and I mean seven out of ten boats that came by that year had on Running Out of Moonlight by Randy Hauser and I just thought oh, yeah. what a what a <laughs> song I wow. wish I would have written that you didn't <laughs> see that coming did you cool. Johnny no. Hatton, Randy Hauser there you go yep. we love it um, yeah. again when we started the show that's what's great about the show. Although I have some of the same questions, the answers lead us in all different directions, and I love that. It's always different. Yeah, I'm, I'm ADD and all over the map as a, as a man can get, so um, I can do <laughs> this great. That's where you want to go. I know the way. <laughs> so I'm about to ask a question, and the way I ask it, I have a purpose for the way I ask it. I'll explain that right after. If you had a magic wand, and what you're about to say would 100% come true. Where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it in this way, uh, I always want artists to kind of think about this question because this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked that same question to Kelsey Ballerini. And the answer she gave us five years ago is pretty much how she's living right now. So I always like to tell that story to get artists to think a lot can happen in five years. Where do you want to be in five years? Hmm. It sounds pretty selfish, but I would I would love to be selling out um, the theater level size venues. That that's awesome. That would be that that's where I would like to be in five years. Doing that and and keeping mm-hmm. the same eight or nine guys that I employ, keeping them and their mm-hmm. families paid. That that's that and, would be and uh, we'll pay too by that point. I, I, w- I hope so. That just to keep the operation rolling, and and if we could get to that to that stage, that that'd be that'd be a good place to be in five years. So let's say now, whether it's five years, ten years, doesn't matter. Let's say you accomplish that. You've accomplished many of your dreams. You're living that life. 
if, if right now you could meet your future self, the one that's successful, what would you say to him? Mm. That, that is a deep question. Let me think about this. What would I say to him? Because, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of, a lot of remember, people ask, what would you say to your past self? Yeah. I like to go the other way and say, what would you go say to way. your future self? What would I say to my future self? Um, you remember what it feels like sleeping on your in-laws' couch because because mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably what I, I would just remind my my future self of that, just so my future mm-hmm. self would be thankful. Stay humble. That's right. <clears throat> love, love. I've that. got enough and, humble and, ammunition for a lifetime, so. I don't think staying humble will be a problem, but, but that's, what I would, that's what I would remind him if I, if I could talk to my future self. So if uh, – let's say you had a friend of yours, and you heard him or her sing, and let's say they got something special. You just see it there. They, they light up the stage. And let's, now, this will be kind of pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. And let's say that they do light up that stage, and they've gotten on that stage, but they've only played 30, 40 shows maybe, so they, they're still getting their feet wet there. But they've gotten on stage, they've got what every artist says, that stage bug, and they've looked over the crowd, and the crowd's roaring for them, and, they're, and they just know that they're in the right place for the first time in their life. And they come to you, and they say, Brandon, I feel like I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Uh, I mean, one, do it, and two, be the be the best you you can be, and 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 follow your gut. And I know that's another cliche. That's so cliche, but it is it is so yeah, true. So whenever, true. whenever I've um, there's a fine line between um, growing and then other and and leaving what you're your style or your what makes you special you know so that's mm-hmm. that's the toughest line to watch out for and that's what i would would tell them um because it, you you got to grow and you got to get better because there's a lot of talented people around here to learn from but at the same time mm-hmm. you can't grow so much that you grow out of yourself you know you got to stay stay true yeah. and remember remember why you love it that's it's easy to forget and um that's why i'm thankful to have shows because it kind of is a yang to the songwriting yang, you know. I, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if I could be just a songwriter. I mean, it would be a, a dream job. Don't get me wrong, but that's. I mean, yeah. I did that as a. I'm still a staff writer, Warner Chapel. Well, I guess I'm an artist writer now, but I was a staff writer for years before, and mm-hmm. I got to get out on the road because I'm like my dad was was a pastor, and he had a. He, I saw his passion for strangers, and I think a lot of that is paralleled with, with what I do. Um, country music, and that's where the touring comes in. So, you know, I, I would just tell them to to uh, to watch out for that because it, it can be e- yeah. easily to get pulled in the wrong direction because um, there's also hey, a lot of true. opinions up here around here, and um, you know, <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta do you, and maybe you've never been done before, but that, that's where the the faith part comes in. Exactly. I love that answer. Really powerful answer. So we've got two more questions, and then we'll let you get back to what you were doing. Um, oh, I was just know, as a, as, good. <laughs> <laughs> as, as a growing artist, I'm sure there are artists that whether you've co-wrote with, but you've become buddies with out there who are really good. So um, who are one or two artists that you know that people should know 
Oh, my, my buddy, Jameson Rogers. He's me and him moved to town about the same time. And, um, mm-hmm. we, we started writing together and we've, we've been buddies ever since. And we've been roommates mm-hmm. and buddies for a long time. And he's got a deal now with Sony and his song is doing really well right now. I don't even know where it's at in the charts cause I don't keep up with it, but I know he's, he's out there killing it with Luke Combs on tour or he was before COVID. And he, uh, <laughs> he, he's a true, true, true. And, um, Mm-hmm. I think people will appreciate his music because he's he definitely paid his dues around Nashville and um, he's got it going on. That is awesome. I love that, and and it, and I always like to ask that question because you know again, yeah, you know, it, we the whole goal is to help everybody out here with our show. So as we yeah. come down to the last question here, um, and I, this is a question I ask every artist: What is a question? that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Hmm. That's, that's a good one. Does this usually stuff <laughs> up as bad as it's stumping me? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's weird. I, I, I really don't like it when people talk about their kids. I, that sounds terrible, but I've always thought it was like, I don't know. I kind of always – tuned it out but now that i have kids it's like i can't talk about them enough so i don't know and you have our gas so i guess that doesn't really answer your question but but you know i I like talking about my little boy rider and you know you can't you know you you know how it is you want to talk about them all the time so that's oh yeah and we do and you know we are just partnering with a branding a branding company out of nashville so we're about to change our whole brand Mm -hmm. soon because we that's that's what we're lack, lacking in right now for our show, the brand. Yeah. And as we were talking to them today on the phone, I love what, what some of their ideas. And she said that they're going to not only just brand us, but but brand that that you know, Chris and Sandy, and sometimes little Chris. I, I love that they're going to add that into our brand. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, that's that. I mean, <clears throat> it's all about finding a niche, and there's definitely an opening for more family friendly i mean everything's so trendy and and um you know everything is just so flash flashy and cool on instagram and everybody's so cool on, mm-hmm. on facebook and it's it, it, i don't know a, a family oriented about the music getting down to the heart of things i think is something really unique so i'm excited for what you guys got going appreciate you and we and we look forward to when we come to nashville meeting you in person too that's yeah. that anytime, anytime. <laughs> so, as we end here, tell everybody how they can reach out to you. Um, speak, speaking of Instagram, uh, hit up my flashy Instagram page. It's at Brandon Lay Music, BrandonLay.com. I tell them L A Y, like the chips. It's what I've told people my whole life. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all look me up. I'm easy to, easy to find, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll be on the road soon, coming to your town or nearby. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today, and we, look, we definitely did. look forward to having you back on an update show. Well, I, I can't wait to do it. All right, sounds good. And you have a blessed day. You too. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.